Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And we are happy to be here with you today. And today we are going to tackle some more listener questions. Thank you so much, So excited about that. For sending in questions. We love them. Keep them coming. They keep things interesting. And it gives us another show to do. So we are very appreciative <laughs> of that. And mostly we're just really insecure people, I think. And so the fact that people are listening to this show in numbers and responding back with questions yeah. makes us feel less insecure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, <laughs> not the total losers that we really probably truly well, you're are. You're not insecure, just me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, one thing I actually want to bring up, um, and Meryl may look at me with surprise. Meryl, who is our ace producer. She is our ace producer. Um, one of the things we talked about was doing a live Q&A oh, yes. show. Yes, yes. Not necessarily live, but pre-recorded Q&A show, but actually speaking to people. So what we would like is if you are a listener that would like to have a question that's answered on the show speaking to us, please send us an email at renovationmaderight at gmail.com and say, yes, I would like to speak with you guys. And what we can do is set up a recording time that's convenient for everybody. We'll try and set up one and, and talk to a few of you people over the course of an hour. And we'll record them and then send them out. Yeah, because while it is scintillating to hear us ask each other questions that we read, yes. it's probably more fun to listen to listeners. Yes, exactly. Right? And get your feedback. So we thought that would be really fun. So if you're interested and you have a question to share, you don't have to share the question at the time, but please... Uh, Send us that email, and then Meryl will set up a time that we can have a nice chat. Right. And in fact, actually, if they don't share in advance, that tests us on how good we are. We have to respond real time to a real question. We yeah. can't just like... We can't just phone it we'll in look or, it up do, or do like right. research yeah, and no. act like experts. No. Yeah, that's we got to step up. Yeah. Right? Okay. We can do it. Uh, totally. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead with the first question. We've got three questions today that we're going to go through. And the first one is going to go to Brenda. And it says... Um, hi, guys. Thanks for making me laugh on my commute to work. Now, the, the reality is I know that what you're really doing is laughing at my wife making fun of me, but I can go with that. So you're welcome. Uh, we do what we can. Uh, thanks, for my, thanks for making me laugh on my commute to work. Uh, my question for you is this. How realistic is tackling a bathroom model, uh, bathroom modeling project on your own if you're a fairly handy individual? Am I kidding myself? Thank you for taking the time to answer my question. I can't wait to hear it on the show. This and this is, is from Cynthia, Cynthia in, in Wells, Wells Maine. Maine. Right. Okay, Cynthia. I I applaud your your chutzpah, and I think it's awesome. Uh, Dave and I are actually doing our own master bathroom remodel right now. We just did the demo last weekend, and it was really dusty, <laughs> but but fun. Um, 
But we're doing sort of a major thing. We're taking out walls and moving around things. So it depends yeah, no, no, on really what you're talking about. Nothing is simple with my wife. No. Nothing is no, simple. No, I was like, I was this like, has always bothered let's me. Let's do a facelift on the bathroom. Well, we're moving every freaking wall <laughs> in the entire second floor of the master bedroom suite. <laughs> and right now our bathroom is open to the hallway. So we call it the open air bathroom. Yes, it is. We have to be very careful not to scar our children one of our by seven, walking around. One, one of our sons walking by yeah. getting you know, permanently deranged by having seen your, yeah. his mother walk across the hallway. Yeah, it's not, not good. good right? It's not so. good. Anyway. Um, so, yes, it is very possible if you're a handy person, and it really depends on the scope of what we're talking about. If you're just removing, if you're going to take out the vanity and take out the toilet and replace the flooring, and um, yes, all of those things are very possible. YouTube is uh, just a godsend for, for do-it-yourselfers, because if you don't know how to do something, you're like, I don't know how to tile my floor. You can find a YouTube video for how to do that. And and I, for instance, I had never tiled a backsplash until last summer, and I watched a couple YouTube videos, and I did it, and it turned out perfectly. So it's, these are things that you definitely can handle. Yeah, I think, um, I think when you're thinking about that, though, um, we would probably apply the term, like the best DIY projects on a bathroom or a kitchen level, we would sort of apply as facelift type projects. Or remove and replace. Yeah, R&R, remove and replace mm-hmm. or facelift kind of projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our company, we call those fluff and buffs, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, that's our little <laughs> internal dialogue. But uh, the reality is if we're not, if you're not doing big stuff and totally reconfigure your fixture locations and totally reconfiguring the layout, um, a lot of those projects are well within the well within the range of a, a handy person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I and do, you may not even need like if you're not moving electrical, you're not moving any plumbing. You don't even need those professionals in, in there necessarily. Right. You just ne- you need to know how to shut off the the service to your to your uh, sink, and you need to shut off the service to your toilet so you can remove them. Like those things are all very doable as a as a uh, homeowner. You also need to just be aware. I don't know how many bathrooms are in your home. If you only have one, maybe not a good idea because right. you know then then you've taken away any opportunity to use it while you're while it's underway. But if you have two or more, then then having one offline probably won't bother you that much. Right. And also, you know, be <laughs> I think the YouTube recommendation is spot on. I think it makes great sense. But at the same time, just like the way we encourage you when you're looking at a contractor or a designer, we encourage you to kind of vet those. Don't just assume that because there's a YouTube video online that they got it right, right? What they did was they got a video camera and they posted a video. That does not necessarily mean they're experts, right? So look for video, look for YouTube videos that have um, high view counts and that you know you see that that and that the person you know appears to have some credentials uh, mm-hmm. and some ability, right? So right. That, that they're actually delivering good info uh, for how you do things, especially like relative to the bathroom, if you are doing facelift work, that's great. If you're going to tile, do a custom tile shower that you that's reliant upon you to make sure it's waterproof, watch a lot of videos. Be yeah. careful about that. Yeah. That's, that starts to move toward the realm where we say, okay, maybe that piece of the job, you subcontract. Right. Right. You hire right. a professional tiler for that. But there's a ton of other stuff. Uh, you know, like tiling your floor, not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, worst case scenario, you have a few grout lines that are not in line or things don't, it doesn't, it's not perfect to the eye. It's not nearly the same standard as your shower leaking in the room below. Right, right. And causing more damage, right? Right. Yeah. 
So, Cynthia, we hope that helps, um, and uh, we hope that uh, that you enjoy jumping into your project. Um, and I always look at uh, new projects as an excuse to buy more tools, so uh, you can maybe have that. He does. <laughs> he does, actually. It's all an excuse to buy a new tool. So right, even exactly. though I said I want my master path redone, he was like, ooh, right. and was immediately off to purchase things. Well, you got to have the right tools, mm. right? So, all right. So, I have the right tool. Yeah, <laughs> that would be me. That would be you. All right, fair enough. Next one. Next one. Okay. So we have a note here from Jacob K. in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Welcome. To, cheesehead. I know, he's a cheesehead. Um, uh, hello, Dave and Brenda. Love the show. I was wondering if it's reasonable to convert an existing crawl space into a basement to add more living space to our home. My wife thinks it would be worthwhile, but I wonder if a plain old addition makes more sense. Thanks. Awesome question. So we, as uh, listeners who've been listening to the show for a while know, we actually have a whole separate company in our in our business structure that does just basement finishing. Um, so we have a lot of basement finishing experience. Mm-hmm. And we get we get asked, or not asked, we have clients call us and we, we meet them on site in homes uh, that essentially have basements with not enough headroom, mm-hmm. right? And so a crawl space is really not even a basement. A crawl space is even worse space. than that, right? right? But we get called into, and, and to meet building code, you have to have a minimum height in your basement. It, it varies by area. So because we have listeners from all over, I'm not going to get into the specific codes, but you have to have a minimum height <clears throat> to make that work, right? Um, and so we often wrestle with a clients will say, okay, geez, you know, my, my basement has got six feet of clearance. I know I need seven foot two or whatever it might be in your, in your municipality. Um, what, you know, can we, can we drop the floor? Yeah. Can I dig down? Can I dig down? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and in this case, that's exactly what would have to happen. The problem is uh, if you have a crawl space, the likelihood is, especially you're in Wisconsin, you certainly have uh, uh, cold weather and you have a depth requirement for your foundation, right? So your foundation has to go, I think in Wisconsin, probably four feet below grade. In our area, it's four feet below grade, meaning that the bottom of your foundation <clears throat> has to be four feet uh, below the dirt, right? And if that's how your house was built and you have a crawl space, and let's say your crawl space is four feet high, you can't actually excavate any lower because when you go to take the slab out or whatever, or you go to dig it down, you're going to actually dig down deeper than the foundation is. Right. Right. And your house will and, sag and or so, topple over. Yeah. And so you'll structurally compromise the foundation. Um, and there are ways to deal with that. You could actually pour a little foundation inside a foundation. You could actually do that. But then that actually makes the space smaller. And the other piece of this is all this work is brutally, physically demanding, expensive work, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, 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 you know, as you can visualize somebody crawling into your crawl space, manually excavating, because that's what it gets down to. You're mm-hmm. not going to get a piece of equipment in your crawl space. Mm-hmm. And manually excavating it down. And so if your crawl space is at four feet right now, you're removing three and a half feet of dirt, mm-hmm. right? And then you're trying to do it in a way where the where the foundation isn't compromised and gonna um, going to create cracking problems and stuff, so it's super tough. Even even when we walk into a client's home and the basement's an older home, maybe it's a field stone foundation and the basement's six feet tall, uh, and they we only need to gain a foot, a foot and a half, it's still a problem because mm-hmm. we're going to dig down below the bottom of that foundation uh, or below the bottom of the footing when the footing is actually the larger part of the foundation underneath that distributes more more of the load. Uh, onto the soil, right. right? 
So you're if, compromising the house. Yeah, and so so there are there are ways around it. They're um, not straightforward. They're a little more complex. And I think what you would find is by the time you got done talking to any contractors, you would find out that it's so expensive to undertake the idea of creating a basement in in, in that space that it would be well way more cost effective to build a room addition. Right now, having now, s- having said that, yeah. Oh, oh. I, 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 we may be having the same thought Jump here. in there. Go. Okay. Go, girl. So there is a house uh, that I've been driving by last summer that they actually picked up the whole house off of the existing foundation, dug a new foundation deeper, mm. put it back on. Now, I don't think that's a necessarily a good choice <laughs> for you because you're living in this house. Right. This is a house that wasn't being lived in. So they actually did that so they could build a new full uh basement foundation and an addition to it. That's right. that like little A-frame that we're... Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so that actually wasn't what I was thinking, but that's... Oh, you're we have right. two different thoughts. I know, two different thoughts, believe, yeah. believe it or not, right? <laughs> so that that is a, an option. Um, it's a pretty big deal, right? And and your existing house would have to make it worth it to do that. Well, and unfortunately, you're not... Because it's basement space, you're not really adding value you know in terms of like what the bank looks at as value right you know it's it's below grade foundation uh below grade uh square footage and so it doesn't have the kind of value that above grade uh square footage does and so you know it's harder to get financing for it you know there's there's more issues right that's yeah, so that's what that gets down to and i think um so long story short even though the cost per square foot to finish your basement is way less than the cost per square foot to build a new addition in your particular application uh, you're probably going to be relegated to looking at it and saying, you know what, uh, a room addition is, is the way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you have the space uh, in terms of your lot size and things like that, it probably makes makes more sense. And you know, and the last piece of it too is, you know, to the extent that the basement, if you if you did have a deeper basement, let's say you do what Brent was just talking about and lift the house and put a full foundation underneath underneath it, that helps. That gets you a full basement. But if it's not a walkout, meaning that uh, you don't have the, you have to go up through a bulkhead to get out of the basement, it, it, it it's always going to be relegated as less valuable space, mm-hmm. right? If it's a walkout basement, maybe you even have a couple of windows in the back that where you have natural daylight in, it, you could begin to actually make it approach a more um, a higher return on investment, mm-hmm. but otherwise not. So anyway. Um, Jacob, I think you're probably uh, we're gonna we're gonna side with you on this one. Yeah, um, you know it, this this may be the only case where you get experts to side with you against your wife. So right. so you know chalk that up. And we just lost a listener yeah. in the process. <laughs> <laughs> if she ever listened. So anyway, uh, but uh, but yeah, we thank you for that. So we'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Renify. Uh, for uh, for supporting our show. They have done a great job, and we are happy to get their name out there to you. If you get onto Renify.com, what you get is a rate estimate tool, a dedicated advisor, and Renify will match you with one of their top tier lending partners to close on your loan. So if you are looking to um, use the equity in your home, whether it's only a little bit, um, the beauty of Renify is that you can borrow uh, up to the equity that you have and including any future equity that you have based on the renovations that you're going to do. Um, And they will be able to help you with that. And um, there is a free consultation with the advisors, even if you qualify, but there's no commitment necessary. So if you have questions, you can talk to somebody and and see if their service is going to be a good fit for you. So Renify has been a great partner. We're really excited to have them on board and uh, we hope you check them out if you need to get access to some funds for your renovation work. 
Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. All right. And we have one more question. Uh, from Jillian and Cam R. in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, Hi, Renovation Made Right team. My partner and I love your podcast. It's given us a lot to think about for our home. We live in an older home in Virginia and are planning out some updates. One of the things our home still has is horsehair plaster. Is there any reason we should consider removing it when we make updates? Ah, Uh, the old horsehair. But but first, I want to come on Fredericksburg. Yes. My my most uh, poignant memory. Yes, of Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg was uh, taking uh, a bunch of the kids in our high school uh, from church on a mission trip, and I was driving the cargo van, and the cargo van broke down in, in Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg. Yeah. Yep, all by myself. Mm-hmm. Not fun. No. No, it took like forever. In fact, you were on the phone with me. You were driving, and we were having a conversation. And you there was went, a big bang. You, you, I heard a big bang, and then you were like, oh, and then a bunch of expletives. And he's like, I'll call you back. <laughs> the expletives were just darn. Oh, oh gosh, darn. <laughs> that wasn't right. it. So, And there I was on the side of the road in Fredericksburg uh, yep. for hours on end. Yep. But uh, sad, other than that, I'm sad. sure Fredericksburg is lovely. I'm, we're sure it's wonderful. Right. So horsehair. You have a horsehair opinion? Uh, I would say don't touch it if you don't have to. That would be my opinion. Yeah, so so let's talk. That's an interesting observation. I, there, there's nothing inherently, um, other than the fact it's obviously dusty and nasty, there's nothing inherently unhealthy about doing demolition for her hair. It's not like asbestos. You don't have to, yeah. you don't have to take extra precautions. So, but one of the challenges with horsehair is... Um, Can we get a diff- definition of what really horsehair plaster is? Is it really horsehair? It sure is. In plastic. It sure is. Yeah, it's like a binding agent. So they, they used it like rebar in concrete. So they used it to help hold together the plaster so that it had less of a propensity to crack. Crack. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in fact, today, there's actually a product on the market called Fiber Rock. And Fiber Rock... Is basically the same. Has, like if, we, if, you, if you break a piece in half, you can actually see the fibers in mm-hmm. it, right? Or but, you also can put... Um, fiber additive in concrete for the exact same reason. Mm. It acts like a binding agent to help create more strength. But okay. regardless, um, so the, the plaster has a couple of challenges associated with it, right? So if you go, if you if the finish is not at the quality you like, in other words, the plaster is looking tired, which is often the case, um, to just go over the plaster, you keep on thickening the wall, right? Mm-hmm. So your space ultimately gets smaller. Um, and, it's called skim coating, right? Like you can have somebody come in and do a skim coat. Well, not over an existing plaster surface. You can't no. because it won't, uh, it won't bond, mm. right? Uh, a current plaster today wants to bond over a product called Blueboard. Mm. Blueboard is like a, a different sheet. It's like sheetrock with a different paper on it. Mm-hmm. And today's plaster uh, actually bonds directly to that Blueboard. And it will not really bond well to other surfaces, mm. right? Um, and I don't even know in Fredericksburg. I'm not sure what the, the typical surface, surface is. Uh, plaster, it's hard to find plaster. Plaster is a New England kind of thing, yeah. right? So my guess is drywall is a much more common solution in, mm-hmm. in Virginia than it is than than plaster is, right. but regardless, you know my my tendency, even though it makes for a bigger, messier solution, is gut things down to the studs. I, I think you can deliver a way better finished product when you are pulling the material right down to the studs, and you're dealing with clean framing, uh, and you're also not you know uh, adding layers on top of layers. It's it's uh, it's really common for us to walk into homes 
where they had a failing plaster ceiling, and their solution to that was to yeah, screw more, to screw drywall over it, over it, or to put acoustical tiles on the ceiling, or to do like any other number of things, mostly to try to take the laziest way out, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and not get down to the stud. So. The other side of it is in most remodeling projects, you're also doing upgrades to improve the lighting, to improve the switching, to increase the amount of power that you have mm-hmm, in the space, to mm-hmm. run to run more plumbing, to do that. So in order to do all of that work, you end up kind of having to create a whole bunch of cuts in the wall. And you're creating this sort of Swiss cheese effect uh, to, to get your lighting, your plumbing, all that stuff in. Um, and then you created a ton of patchwork, mm-hmm. right? The patchwork will never look right. It will never be at the standard that will probably make you happy. Um, and so so the gutting is, is a good consideration. It's hard work. It's hard, crappy work, mm-hmm. right? We have clients sometimes who will say, um, you know, we're pretty handy and we don't mind working hard. Can we save some money on the project and we'll do our own demolition, Right. And when we say, okay, on your project, the demolition costs 2,500 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. That's us sending in a demo company or a few of our guys to knock the work out, right? Mm-hmm. And the client's like, oh, that's great. We'll save that money. And then they're two hours into the first day of demolition. And like, this is And this worst. is totally not can worth it. Can we please Can we write you a check for 2500 bucks? Because we don't want to do this, right? So, and I can attest to that because last weekend we just did, the, like I said, the demo. Uh, yeah, it's crappy work. It, it is crappy work, but it's at the same. If I could hire somebody who is good, I would. But, uh, <laughs> what are you trying to say? We, we can't afford our own people. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> the, the problem is we are too busy to actually take our own people out of the field to work know, on I us, know, right? So, um, but I think that's that's what it gets down to is is just planning and and no doubt about it. But by the way, while you go down this road, if you if you make the choice to do um, the uh, the demolition, super dusty work, super unpleasant work, but. Not there are ways to mitigate that. We actually have a machine that we use that cleans the air while we're doing demolition, which mm-hmm. makes it way, way nicer. If you don't have that, obviously you're not a professional modeler, you're not going to have a build clean machine, um, but you can do other things that help make life better. Reverse so you can pressure. put a box fan in a window and create negative pressure. Yeah, right? box fan blowing out. By the way, yeah. don't have it blow in. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that would be bad. Wouldn't even envision that possibility. Yeah, well, but I'm just saying, would. you need to be clear yeah, about good this. Point. Put good a box point. fan in the window and have it blow out, and it actually will suck. <laughs> it will suck the dust and the air out of the house. Yeah, I could, that would be pretty, pretty funny if we got a phone call and said, hey, the but, box fan doesn't work for crap. <laughs> You know, all I keep doing is getting this fresh air in my face. <laughs> all we have right. is new pine pollen right, exactly. and dust. That's pretty funny. So, uh, but anyway, box fan create negative pressure, and then um, plastic off all the non-critical areas, and you can do a really good job at not only. Uh, containing the dust, but with the, the ideal solution is with the box fan, you're actually drawing a little bit of clean air from the adjacent spaces that gets through the plastic and creating negative pressure in those areas. So you're not cr- you're creating an opportunity where the dust isn't going to migrate into those spaces, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big deal. And then obviously, um, dust protection for breathing, respiration is a big deal, right? right? So the stuff is not meaningfully dangerous, but any dust that you put in, whether that's even sheetrock dust or any kind of dust that you breathe in, uh, isn't doing your lungs any favor. Right. So, um, but the, but the short answer to the question, because I'm not sure where you were going in terms of what were you thinking about removing it when you make updates, is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's right. nothing wrong with having it in the in the home. It's not hurting anything, you know. If but but if it's falling apart, if you need to take down part of a wall, go ahead and take right. down all of that plaster. Right? right, it's hard to patch in. So it's you know if you're for the most part leaving it alone, leave it alone. Yeah. It'll be fine. If it's in if, if it is in good shape, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that makes plaster remain in good shape is how well it's what the, what they call keyed in place. Keyed like your key in a, in a door, um, and that's where the plaster actually. 
uh, pushes through the lath, and the lath is like the wooden strips that are on the framing. It pushes through that and kind of smushes out the backside. You can't see this, but when it does that, that's what, and it hardens up, that's what creates the hold. The plaster does not naturally bond to the wood. The plaster mechanically connects to the wood by essentially kind of expanding on the backside of the lath. By the way, you've seen this in every old house right. horror film. There's right. always like some in the closet. axe murder right. in the closet, or, or, and yeah. you see the, 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 the lath and the, and the plaster coming through the other side. So right. you already know what we're talking about. Right. And so if that's in good shape and and the the mechanical connection is sound, it's going to last for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. If that gets sketchy, which you often see that gets sketchy on ceilings, mm-hmm. and that's what allows the plaster to sort of pull away, um, then you got a problem and, you, and it's probably worthwhile to Just remove. But to you use the word in. updates. Yeah. So if all you're looking to do is some basic updates, and I, I sort of use the word renovate or renovation or remodel, updates I think of as a lesser thing. If it's lesser work, up, leave it in place. If it's bigger work, probably good to get down to the clean surface. Mm-hmm. All right? Yep. Awesome. All right. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another great addition. I, <laughs> how, I like to say it, it's great. How can you say that? That's like so egotistical. It is. It is. You're absolutely right. We hope it's been a great Let's do this. We yeah. hope this has been a great addition. We hope this has been a great addition of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to Renify.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, RenovationMadeRight.com, and follow us on social media at RenovationMadeRight. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.